Warning, this show contains mature content and spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, this is Gillian C., and you're listening to the RPG Show. Listen up. See you in Kobe. Ah, greetings. Care for a story? One of heroes and villains? Of swords and sorcery? Of romance and treachery? We'll pull up a chair and have a listen. Welcome to this episode of The RPG Show. My name is Brent. I'm your host. And with me today is is Nick, the man himself. It's it's going to be great. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I am. I. It has been a rough weekend for me, Nick. Um, first off, apparently uh, my merchandiser yesterday, uh, no show, no called. And since it's kind of like there's no like direct supervisor, there's no real way unless somebody goes into it's really complicated system how they check um the gps tracker on these dudes so nobody really does it over the weekend so nobody really knew he wasn't at work yesterday until i get to the store today and see that everything's blown and i call the merchandising guys and i'm like what happened yesterday he's oh let me check oh apparently so-and-so never clocked in yesterday he must not showed up to work that's great so and i had a person out on injury friday so that means nobody was in these these grocery stores since thursday so I was supposed to have plenty of time to get back here and record, and that did not happen. And then, um, so that was great. Sorry about holding you up, buddy. And then uh, Friday was really weird, man. You ever have a day where you just, you don't feel right? Like something feels wrong, and like it's it's hard to put a finger on like what your your symptoms are. Like you don't... You don't feel well, but you don't feel good. Like, you're just tired for no reason. And you're kind of, like, not depressed, but just kind of, like, meh, kind of, like, melancholy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, That ever happened to you? Yeah, usually when it rains out. Well, see, Friday was a nice day, so I I don't know. But, like, like, all day Friday, I just, I felt terrible. Like, and not, like, a... I don't know. It's just so hard to explain. Like, I, I just did not like it. I didn't get anything done that I wanted to get done. I just kind of moped around in this little bottle of, like, ball of seeth- seething fury. I was, like, mad that I didn't feel well. And just, like, I was overly moody. It was terrible. Um, so I don't know if my blood pressure wasn't right or something. Uh, who, who fucking knows with me? I'm in terrible shape. So, um, but how's how's your week been? Uh, it's been alright. Had a interview on Tuesday. I guess it went okay. I haven't heard anything yet, though, so... Mm. Not getting my hopes up. Uh, other than that, saw uh, the Pesh Moden concert 
Wednesday, or actually Thursday night. That was okay, I guess. I was kind of dragged to it by Nicole. Like, not really. She said I didn't have to go, but it was one of those things where... You probably should go. You have to go, yeah. Uh, Then her and her family went to some, like, MGM resort up in Baltimore, Maryland, and it was like a casino thing, and apparently they had a great time. But uh, I was here playing Destiny, too. (laughs) Why didn't you go to the casino thing? That seems more fun than the than the Depeche Mode concert. Uh, well, the Depeche Mode concert uh, didn't require any money, and I actually like Depeche Mode. Okay. So, well, uh, and there's nothing wrong with Depeche Mode, and that's it's not a, a thing against Depeche Mode. It's just concerts are me. Yeah, the whole time I'm like, I really don't understand why people do this. Like, I would have more fun listening to this. The same songs at home on my computer. Yeah, and rather just else. like just like a hi-fi stereo and just like you know that's more fun to me than than being in a crowd of sweaty, smelly people. So yeah, but uh, yeah, I didn't really see that because I don't have any money, hmm. and uh, that's a lot longer of a duration of not being home doing things I'd rather be doing. I see. I see. So, I see. Well, anyway. and, and I was kind of honestly, uh, I really told Nicole like just. Was done with her family at that point. Uh, like, like, yeah. like I'll be cordial, but I'm not voluntarily spending time with these people, kind of thing. Yeah, well, like it does help when she got back. She's like, "Thank God they're gone." I'm like, "I don't know why you do this to yourself, but whatever." So hey, whatever, man. Uh, I'm glad all that worked or didn't work out for you. I don't really know how to yeah. proceed well, in there. I guess for the rest of my week, uh, I kind of got burned out on Destiny too from going at it. Too long. Yeah. Uh, so we've been playing some other shit. Like uh, I finished up Salt and Sanctuary. He thinks that Travis is bitch ass. Really? Like because I first started it when it came out. Like I like Skull Studios and their games. And then Salt and Sanctuary's uh, Dark Souls esque, like Dark Souls games. And it's a fun ass game. Uh, I just had played it for like six hours or something like that. And then something else came out that I wanted to play. And yeah. you know how that goes. Uh, but yeah, I finished that up. It took me about like twelve hours. Got plat. So that was an accomplishment, I felt like. Uh, I started playing Assassin's Creed Rogue. Mm. I've heard it's like one of the best Assassin's Creeds. Okay. And then, like, I just got done playing Black Flag. I got plat on that, too, because I'm a fucking asshole. Uh, and, like, the part that bothers me the most, was, the most was all the boating. And this has even more boating. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Son of a bitch. What am I doing to myself? Yeah, no, I like the I like the 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 boat battles and Black Flag. I thought they were fun. Like, they're fun, but the novelty wears off quick because you have to grind for maps to upgrade your ship. And I'm like, okay, I've killed like ten gunboats, twenty schooners, uh, five brigs, a, a brigade now, and I've well, I've, got, how, I've done um, what it is. Sid Meier's Pirates kind of was. I, I love the hell. I love Sid Meier's Pirates. That was a great game. Uh, I've never played it, but maybe it's just one of those things where it's just not my niche at all. Like, the only problem I had with pirates was the like the on deck like sword fights. Like you get these swashbuckling sword fights, and they really are just paper rock scissors. That's 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 all it is. Like it's like the triangle of like they're gonna you know do a low sweep, then you got to do a X move or whatever it is. It was it was really just uh, paper rock scissors, but. Um, yeah, so, uh, we do have a topic today, but before we get to the main topic, like, 
I kind of had a like one of those, you know, some people call them shower thoughts. I call them road thoughts. It just happens when I'm caught up on podcasts and I got really nothing to listen to and I'm just driving. Um, characters in RPGs. Now, I'm not saying that stories don't hold up, but I've come to this realization that I don't think characters resonate, at least for me, um, the same way they used to. Because you think about when you're a teenager and you're playing these games that we love, um, like there's always these these characters that stand out from your favorite games that that truly um, resonate with you. And I don't think that happens anymore. Um, especially in JRPGs, and while the story can still be good, like there's not that one um, character that you resonate to, whether it be like, think of like the people that are slightly younger than us and how they completely just fell in love with like Squall, or like whether it be like Cloud, just to use another Final Fantasy example. I'm sure like the, you could think of other examples from other games, um, other series, but. Um, so I just want to, I guess, kind of clarify something. You're talking about characters that people like almost idolize. Yeah, like like there's not, like there's not. Um, it doesn't appear to be like these like characters don't stand out out of a story like they used to. Like um, like the like you don't. How do I, I'm at a loss for words. I had the words for this earlier, but you don't like um form a real connection with protagonists in a story um, anymore. At least I don't. Like, I can still appreciate the story and the gameplay or whatever. Like, I don't think it's a detraction not making these connections with the protagonists. Um, I just don't think it happens to me anymore, and I have a sort of a theory why. But, I mean, does that does that happen to you at all? Do you feel like you're not really forming these connections with protagonists like you may have, you know, 10 years ago? Uh, well, I don't think I've ever really formed a connection with any protagonists. Like, okay. there are archetypes that I'm more fond of. Okay. Like, Vincent and his look mm-hmm. uh, as a character I'm more, I guess, uh, not, I don't want to say drawn to, but I, I like more as just a character archetype. Okay. And, like, uh, same reason, like, in uh, Suikoden 3, why I like the Wingly guy. Uh, I can't remember his fucking name. But, like, he's not even an actual character in the game. Like, you have to walk around with an empty spot in your party in a certain... Uh, like one screen uh, of a, a like a dungeon, I guess you could say. Um, and most people would never find this dude, but he just randomly joins your battle party, and that's how you get him. Like you don't you don't talk to him ever. He doesn't really have any dialogue, but just his look. Like I like the Winglies as characters or as a race. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I'm like, oh, that's my favorite character in this game. I'm gonna use him. Uh, so uh, I guess it really just depends on the person. Yeah, and uh, because I've never really been like, oh man, yeah, this character is great. Like I had my first AOL username was Cloud something because I was what like nine, ten, mm-hmm. and then like, oh, I like I'm playing Final Fantasy VII now. Cloud's the main character. I'm gonna use his name as a thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I can't really say that I've ever like been really attached to a character plots and overarching story arcs and stuff like that. Like. Definitely. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, I will, like, I love the Speaking of You plot de- to death, Final Fantasy Tactics plot, great shit. Uh, and, like, I can appreciate the characters and what they do inside of the story, but as for, like, just the character as them themselves, I'm not like, oh, yeah, this is the greatest 
character in the universe I've never been like that. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if that's what you're kind of getting at. Um, kinda. In, uh, I guess it really boils down to I think I will. I guess I'll never feel that way again. You know, like uh, I'll never draw the connections to characters like I did when I was a teenager. Like, like uh, you know, like uh, in Tactics as an example, like I, I felt like a real sort of. Uh, I was really drawn to Delita's character, right? Um, like in. Uh, they're just characters that show up, not maybe maybe not main protagonists, but uh, the best example, not for me, but a lot of people, the way they really connected with um, with Squall for some reason or whatever, it just has to do with, I think it comes down to age, right? And where you are um, in your life and how you feel about your life, right? And secondly, I think it has to do with um, the maturity of their sort of story arcs, right, uh, and their motivations that pull them forward. So as I've gotten older, I feel like there's not enough uh, character arcs that I can personally identify with because I've, I'm out of that range where a character, uh, at least a main protagonist, like the coming of age, um, sort of going on an adventure saving the world arc doesn't work for me anymore where I could, there's still good storytelling to be told there. It just, I don't draw that connection. Do you follow me where I'm, where I'm at with this? Um, uh, yeah, no, but do you feel like that's because of, um, like a life thing in itself? It's not a novel experience anymore. Maybe the character types well, that they're using, you've experienced them before. So when you are re-experiencing it, it's not like drawn to you like it was the first time. Yeah, maybe. Maybe um, that for sure, and I also think that's part of that's like that's something that's like hurting the genre because I think, in the same way that the average MMO player is is getting older, like they've grown with the genre, so is the like the RPG fan. Like I don't think there's a whole lot of really young kids getting into RPG the RPG genre, so I think that the tropes need to age with the um, existing crowd, right? So, like, as people are drawing away from that 16-year-old, 15-year-old protagonist, I want to see more protagonists in RPGs that are adults. Like, they have lives, uh, family that is, like, disturbed, and that might be what sends them on their quest instead of... Well, I'm I'm old enough to be a man now. Uh, let me go on an adventure and then get swept up into a big um, scheme. Whatever. Um, I think it's time for you know, you know. I just it's I don't know. Like uh, example is you know uh, why don't we have more main protagonists that are that that are parents, right? Like why don't we see that? at all right i don't think we see that nearly enough we don't see enough where you know it's a guy uh we don't see enough people just doing their job right uh other than their job being the chosen one you know um stuff like that like i want to see more mature character arcs um that way i have that chance to uh sort of attach myself to a character arc instead of, okay, that was cool. That was a good story, but there's no, it's not the same bond that's made, you know, it's not a lasting sort of thing. 
like it would have been, you know, the, all these coming of age stories would have been to, uh, uh, you know, a 16 year old Brent, you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. And it's just an unfortunate thing of, uh, your state of mind's changed and the, mm-hmm. the plot devices that have been, I guess, staple in the genre have not. So... Yeah. That's, I, I think that's mostly my point is that the, uh, the genre, like the storytelling in the genre at least needs to grow up a bit. Like we've seen it happen in other video game genres. Like, uh, like I think the character arcs in say last of us are very mature character arcs. Why can't we see character arcs like that in RPGs? Why do they all have to be 14 year old boys going on their first adventure? Uh, I think it has to be the unfortunate, I guess, reception of the games uh, and where they're developed like you see more western devs doing more mature themes whereas jrpgs are still uh, i guess everything's all heavily marketed to teenage guys or whatever they, they think that's going to buy the games i don't know i haven't seen like sales forecasts i don't know anything about how well it's doing uh but there's even an instance with like a uh, background ps3 uh, the game near mm-hmm um, in Japan, they the character model of the main character was like a younger guy, who I think was like the brother of whatever the, the character they were trying to save um, was. Whereas in America, they released it as an older dude, where it was the the character you're trying to save is the daughter of the the person, okay, uh, the main character. So I think it just got to do has something to do with perceived, uh, like. So what you're saying is I should be saying get your act together, Japan. Like, I mean, essentially, like, I think, I feel like that's what they, because, I mean, look at, if you look at it over there, uh, like, most of their media is about coming of age shit. Like, almost everything yeah, that's is true. coming of age. Like, the anime they put out, at least as far as I'm aware, most of it's coming of age. Uh, like, all the popular shit, all the popular shonen stuff. Uh, so there's obviously still some kind of market for it over there. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in America or I guess the Western world itself, uh, there's always been a prevalence for mature themes. That's fair. Uh, a preference, I should say, uh, well, for mature, more I, mature things. And I mean, I think, I guess, um, that being said... It also may be more difficult to write the more mature stuff than it that, is to that's, read the same that's certainly, that's certainly true. Um, but that being said, I think maybe the character arcs in, while maybe not 100% executed as well as I've seen in some titles, the character arcs in FF15 are more mature than um, a lot of classic JRPGs. Um, I think uh, the idea of, of um, like, the friendship story over that of, like, a romance is great. Um, and I also think, uh, the, you know, the losing, like knocked losing his kingdom and trying to like, I think that was a way more mature way to handle that than we've seen in the past. Maybe they've just gotten better at storytelling that way. Um, again, also not something I can draw any kind of connection to or whatever, but I just, I would like to see just the, I'd like to see the genre grow up a little bit, I guess is all. Um, cause I miss those days of like, like really connecting with a story. Whereas now I can still say it's a good story, but it's not, it's not the same level of, uh, fanaticism, right? Like you just don't go draw and just like soak yourself in it the way, um, we used to when we were kids for sure. 
I'm still thinking it may be just a product of getting older because no, I highly doubt sure. even if like uh, like if somebody would release a story or a character or whatever that I was gonna fawn over, I still don't think I'd have the same like tenacity of uh, with my adoration um, as I used to. That's I don't like, think I that's be, true. Like, at least at least for me because I can I can certainly say I still um, go at new things, new hobbies, new uh, new experiences with utmost fanaticism like i still want to know as much as i can learn as much as i can all that stuff's still there um it might not last as long as you know um when i was a kid uh you know where you'd 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 be obsessed with the same thing for months or even years at a time um i still attack things with a with a level of uh, fanaticism and a zeal that hasn't that hasn't gone away when i'm interested in it i just see that happen more and more outside of the genre that i love so much like there's still definitely a passion for the genre because i mean fuck how much time out of our month and our day-to-day activities are we spending (laughs) to do stuff for this show like the i think the the level of passion is still there i just want that level of um tenacity and zeal back i guess who knows well i hope you get it back Mm-hmm. Like I said, like, I, well, I can say there is one character uh, in the, I guess, the media verse that I am passionate about, and that is Guts, the Black Swordsman from Berserk. Yeah. So I feel like if you, but that's, I think that's still left over from my childhood though, because I watched exactly. Berserk when I was like nine. Yeah. Uh, and like the, they just put out that new anime series. It's fucking trash. Uh, but I still watched it. I got Nicole into it. So, I mean, uh, people are going to have, I guess, their their favorite character or their archetypes or whatever that they like, and uh, I hope you can find one or return to form for a character you used to love sometime in the future, Brent. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just like, in media, like, I feel like there's been, it's been a drought for me as far as something, like, there's been things I like, for sure. Like, I don't want to say that I'm not enjoying media, I'm not enjoying video games, because that is far from the truth. There's just, like, everything's rating between a, you know, a, a 7 and an 8 on the Richter scale, right? Like, not the Richter scale, on the, on the like, hype and excitement level. Like, I need something that's like a 10, man, that just gets me so fucking jazzed that I lose my shit over. And uh, I, it's, it's been a long time since there's been, like, a, like a, a true like 10 obsessive kind of level thing. And you could be right. It could be that that'll never happen again. And, uh, you know, I, part of me thinks that you, maybe they're not making stuff for me right now. It'll come around. Right. Like I think media goes in cycles where, you know, fashions and trends, you know, they, they come and go and they come back around. Maybe who knows, maybe in five, six years, they'll start making shit that I love. Again, it's not that I don't like things now. It's it's really weird cycle to be in. I just wanted to talk about that with you. Let's get into the real meat of this show. Uh, what we wanted to talk about was our favorite tracks uh, thus far. And uh, what we're doing is we're basing this on the top five uh, games out of our uh, rankings from season three. Right or was it season two? I don't I don't know my life well, anymore. It's, it's ultimately a culmination of all the games we played so far. So it's uh, well, we haven't we well, we because we haven't except added, for this season. Yeah, so by the end by based on the end of our season two uh, rankings list, uh, so our top five are 
FF7 at rank 1. Was it Suikoden 2 at rank 2? Oh, boy. I could have that dock up in front of me. If I recall from memory, it's probably FF7, Suikoden 2, Fantasy Tactics, Breath of Fire 3, Wild Arms. That is correct. So um, we'll go through each of those, um, 5 to 1, and talk about them and uh, going about our business. So, Wild Arms. Uh, who was the composer on the Wild Arms uh, soundtrack or for the Wild for Wild Arms? Uh, that would be Machiko Naruke. And uh, we have talked at length on this show and mentioned it on others, um, specifically the music episode that uh, Blaine and James did. That uh, I think we're both tremendous fans of the um, Wild Arms soundtrack. So much so that when we were coming up with this idea in text messages, like, neither one of us can pick Into the Wilderness. Like, that's not allowed because that's just universally one of the best tracks in gaming history, period. Um, I don't think anybody could tell me otherwise. <laughs> I feel like if they try to, then obviously you know you'd never have to listen to any more opinion that comes out of their mouth because they are objectively wrong. They're objectively wrong. That is that is true. Um, so... It's it's the the Wild West theme done in this. Uh, there's like a there's, it's it's sort of Western, but it's sort of like there's some rock mixed in a little. Uh, um, some of the songs are kind of like a electronic almost. Like it's this really cool mesh. Um, for me, um, the track I chose is Warrior's Whistle, aka Boomerang's theme, um, and it's it's got that. It's it's a bit of a slower track. It's not really f- up tempo or super uh, quote you know in air quotes fun, but it is um, it's powerful. It's 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 got all the right parts of that that blend of styles in it, and I just love it. Um, what track did you pick, Nick? Uh, I picked Zed's theme because it's still got that mix of Wild West, but it's also a perfect display of Zed's personality. It's fun. It's kind of silly sounding, um, and as soon as you, I feel like as soon as you hear it the first time, you understand the character, uh, even as you're clashing blades with him. I guess. Yeah, it's it's uh, I'm I'm right there with you. It's it's super like again with the air quotes. It's a super fun song. It even starts with the little uh, like the with those little clamshells that the dance click 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 around on. It's it's great. So uh, we'll listen to those real quick. First up, we have Warrior's Whistle and followed by Zed's theme.
so next up is uh, number four, which was be Breath of Fire three. Am I am I right in that? Is that is that where we're at? I think so. Yes. All right. So on the review, I spoke about how the uh, like the jazz influence in that in that uh, soundtrack really spoke to me. I really enjoyed it. Um, what do you think about the the who? First off, who was the composer, and what are some of your favorite things about the Breath of Fire three soundtrack? Uh, well, there are two composers for this. There's uh, Yoshino Aoki and uh, Akari Kaida. Okay. Uh, and I think as a overall, the for the soundtrack, it's a phenomenal soundtrack. Uh, it's definitely a unique soundtrack in that you will be hard pressed to find any other game that sounds like this one. Oh, for um, sure. I feel like you could say the same thing for Wild Arms too, though. Yeah. They both have very unique things going along with them. Um, but yeah, like there's. You're hard pressed to find a favorite song in this, uh, and I feel like that's the way it is for most of the top games, regardless. That's that's true, and I want I, I would say it's worth mentioning that we aren't doing this five to one in ranking the best soundtracks. We're just going through our top five selection of games because I think that um, this order might actually change if we were to do like all the games we played rank all their soundtracks one through, you know, 25 in order of the best to worst. But, uh, Most definitely. So, because um, there are games on this list that are phenomenal games might not have the most stellar or rememberable soundtrack. But Breath of Fire 3, definitely can't say that about Breath of Fire 3. It's amazing. What track did you choose and why? Uh, I chose Dondon, uh, which is the it's a boss battle theme. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, pretty much all of my themes are battle themes because I like the way I like more high intensity music. Um, like kind of, kind of as an aside, we were at the Depeche Mode concert, and a lot of their songs are just kind of slow and like just trotting along and boring the shit out of me. And uh, then when they finally got to like the more upbeat stuff, I was like, okay, yeah, this is more enjoyable. That, that's just my I guess music style. I prefer more upbeat things. Now that's not to say that slower songs are bad. Mm-hmm. They're just not really my cup of tea. Yeah. Uh, and whenever I re- like re- recollect and, and nostalgic about Breath of Fire 3, uh, Dawn Den is the first song that comes to me. Absolutely. Um, I, I think, uh, like, I texted you when we were coming up with these songs. Like, some of these, like, going through these tracks was, like, hitting nostalgia for games that I had played for the first time, specifically, like, the Breath of Fire 3. When I was going through, I'm like, oh, I got to play Breath of Fire 3 again. Like, it's so good. Um, Dondon's an excellent choice. I chose, for mine, I chose the, I forget what the track's called, but it plays it at Ray's Cottage. It's called These Little Things. It's this funky little tune that sort of, in my in my opinion, when I was going through these tracks, it really exemplified the mesh of this like sort of RPG music with this this jazz influence like it is the like the jazziest of all the tracks on the soundtrack that's not like super dumb and and, and crazy so uh we'll play Donden followed by these little things
So, Soikid 2 or Final Fantasy Tactics? Uh, for sure, it's FFT. Yeah, Final Fantasy Tactics. So, yeah, no, uh, who are my who are my composers on that one? Uh, for this one, you have Hitoshi Sakimoto and Masaharu Iwata, who also did the Ogre Battle uh, yeah. soundtracks. That's where they came from. Yeah. So, uh, for this one, uh, I picked... Uh, random waltz okay now it's really hard to choose a favorite track from fft this is the they're this in ff7 i'd say for me are the the hardest that i found to pick one particular track and i chose random waltz it is one of the random encounter um battle themes and i chose it because a waltz to me is perfect battle music because i don't really care for when because like a good rock theme can be amazing but it is so easy for video game composers to get that heavy rock heavy uh metal theme wrong and make it sound a terrible and i just don't enjoy it but a waltz um to like they make great battle music because it's it's this this triple speed um sort of like back and forth sort of momentum to the song just like a fight is just fight attack defend attack defend and this one's upbeat it's it's amazing like just listening to like this track along with the um the prelude the opening intro um zodiac story song just send chills up my spine of just pure unadulterated nostalgia um 
what do you have to say about the OST for Final Fantasy Tactics, and what is your track of choice, Nick? Um, well, for the OST of Final Fantasy Tactics, uh, it is my favorite OST ever created. And being asked to pick a favorite song from this is like uh, being asked to pick your favorite child. It's like it's you're not supposed to do that, and it's sometimes I guess depending on your children, it can be pretty difficult. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but I guess for some people, you you have that one favorite child, you know. So maybe that's a bad analogy. But uh, it's like I, when I was asked to pick a favorite song, I went through the soundtrack multiple times, listened to most of the most of the songs repeatedly. Like there are some, I don't want to say duds, but there's some that are like obviously like uh, you want to listen to it, like the item shop selection music or yeah uh, anything like that. Like it's it does its job, but it's not the actual meat that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I decided after much inward turmoil to settle on Trisection, which is the Gafgarian theme. Uh, so whenever you fight Gafgarian at the execution grounds, this is the song that plays. Uh, I think that the thing that kind of strikes me the most about the song are the bells, uh, and, uh, um, like chime. And it's not just like little tinkly bells. It's that, deep bong that church bell that church bell sound it's 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 amazing like it's it's menacing um yet uh yet adventurous like it's really weird it's an awesome song i'm so glad you picked it because i'm right there with you like out of all the ones on this list final fantasy tactics took me the longest to decide on a track i think what i like about the song the most is that it kind of exemplifies the rivalry between ramza and gathgarian um because it's like when it starts it's like almost an intimidating kind of uh song where you can feel kind of ram's emotions like this guy he kind of looked up to him and then all of a sudden he's turned out to be this uh two-faced asshole and you got to take him down and it's almost like uh the music itself uh plays into um i guess the kind of difficulty ram's must be kind of experiencing having to do this act yeah, I mean, because their their rival rivalry, like right up front, it it see it's like yes, there's betrayal, there's um there's emotion there, but like until like the first battle battle with Gafgarian, like where you're head on head, um, the, it's it's more of it's more of a like a, a posturing like back and forth, especially on Gafgarian's end where it feels like yeah, these are two bros that are that are kind of at at ends you know like posturing like no you're a you're a dork no you're a dork and then when it comes down to um time to take gafgarian out like you can really it sort of really exemplifies what ramza must be going through where it's like this is this is yet another person in his life that's turned out to be a total dickweed and this is the first time that he's actually going to have to end somebody's life over it and uh yeah it's um it's legit man the this the story of fft is is hardcore when you when you get real specific about the the um the character interaction so we're gonna play random waltz followed by trisection
Soik it in two, Nick. Soik it in two. Um, you know, uh, Soik it in two is a great game. It's got a, a good soundtrack. Um, I would it's not, not the greatest soundtrack. It's not the greatest soundtrack. This one was kind of hard for me to, to come down on something. And it basically came down to um, me going through the soundtrack and finding what triggered the most nostalgia for me, the most fondness for the game. Um, but like I said, it's not bad. It's just not um, like so far on this list, we've talked about a lot of games with very specific sounding soundtracks, right? Um, and I think Soikoden 2 doesn't have that, where the soundtracks accomplish their goal, The especially the song you chose, um, are very, um, they, they do their job, but they're not, you know, they're not Wild Arms, they're not Breath of Fire 3, they're not, it's not Final Fantasy Tactics as far as, as orchestrated soundtracks go. Um, but tell me how you feel about the soundtrack and um, what 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 uh, song did you choose? Uh, as a whole, I feel like the soundtrack kind of did its job for the Suikoden in the universe. Um, and a lot of it is, I guess, good for the ambiance they're trying to create, but not great for being memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of the town songs, um, the overworld theme, um, a lot of the fights... Um, there's really three ones that really stand out to me. Um, the first is a one point March, which is I think played at the very beginning when the camp is attacked and you're trying to get out. Um, the second is the one where you fight Luca Blight, which is the one I picked. Uh, it's called the Chase. Um, the third is uh, Necklord's theme when you fight him again. Yeah. Um, so for me, those are the only three that really I really enjoy and actively listen to. Um, for the chase, uh, I really like it because it's, it kind of exemplifies Luca Blight. Um, like, and even the, the song title, you spent the whole, uh, scene chasing up, uh, after him. And the only reason, uh, you're even able to, to, uh, take him down is because you have three squads of guys that are actively just going in, in wave after wave, kind of trying to take him down. Um, and it really just shows like his power. Mm-hmm. That it takes 18 people to take him down, and they're all fighting their hardest. And then you got like ambush him, like shoot him with fucking arrows and shit, and he still comes at you. Uh, and just the song itself kind of, I guess, exemplifies that power to me. Yeah, uh, if this would have been, this was my first choice, but I knew it was going to be your choice, so I backed off of it um, because it it does exactly that. It exemplifies the chaos the danger yet the it's time to make this happen like it's all three of those things in one track and it it there's like an energy about it that a kind of pumps you up and b kind of like puts you on the edge of your seat um so hands down probably one of the best tracks but for me i chose adventure's journey um it's sort of like one of the the over themes of the game. Um, it just probably one of the ones I heard the most aside from the battle theme. I really enjoyed it. It's, it's, it's one of those catchy, um, you know, plucky we're on an adventure song. It exemplifies the, uh, like it's, I don't know. It's just a good track. I really enjoy it. So, uh, well, it kind of exemplifies the, the character, uh, yeah. young, young guy going out, kind of being thrust with all this responsibility and, uh, making the best, it's best. almost it's almost like it almost captures like uh his 
naivety on in like in like the overworld kind of theme type song um where it's it's like this this the story of the the game is really dark but it's it's really sort of you know we got to do what's right and it, you know it is um that's what it captures so well, I can definitely agree with you on that, especially considering the choices you can make as the main character throughout oh, the certainly, game. Certainly, yeah. Certainly. So we're going to listen to The Chase, followed by Adventurous Journey.
we didn't talk. Who were the composers on Soikoden 2, Nick? Before we move on to the next one. Uh, I thought I said it, but it's Miki Higashino and Keiko Fukami. You might have said it. Who knows? But now we're talking about the man, the myth, legend, Nubu Uematsu. Now, I'm not going to say... All right, I, I will say FF7, probably one of my favorite soundtracks of all time, but that is purely, like, to me, an, probably a nostalgia thing. But to me, Nubo is, uh, Nubuo, however you pronounce it correctly, which I'm terrible at, um, is the John Williams of video game composers, where John Williams probably not the best um, sort of, uh, oh, man soundtrack guy like you know those that don't know john williams you know star wars that kind of stuff works with with spielberg and lucas a lot but he is the grand orchestrated uh music guy new boy is in, in my opinion um he's sort of like the larger than life themes is what he he makes um doesn't always fit sometimes it, it can overwhelm like this if, like if you're looking at a scene in a Final Fantasy game with Uumatsu as your composer, sometimes the music is bigger than what you're looking at. And that's not always the best, but to me it makes for some really memorable songs. So, the the like I said, the, the OST for FF7, one of my favorite. I've, I've had it on physical media since you could buy it on physical media. I've still got that the stupid huge disc set um, on my shelf listen to it all the time uh for me it was really hard to choose but it wasn't okay because when you talk about ff7 soundtrack people always go to um the overall theme and eris's theme and i think eris's theme is a overplayed and b a little too melancholy for this so i chose are you serious right now? Because there's like four more songs that I'd play over those ones. No, but that's, I mean, when people, when people in general talk about FF7 soundtrack, like Eris theme comes up by and large, like um, all over the place. Now, I'm not saying it's the best theme. I mean, you get Turk's theme, you've got the, the Shinra theme, you've got a ton of great themes in FF7. Um, but to me, FF7 soundtrack is at its best when it is it's more thoughtful okay and that's why i really really have a special place in my heart for tifa's theme it it sort of like exemplifies her character where it's it's sort of she's she's overwhelmed and sad to see what's happening to a childhood friend in cloud but yet she's like the rock she's the the bedrock that keeps him kind of moving forward um so the song's you know, it's slower. It's probably the slowest song that we're going to play here. Um, but it's hopeful. Like, it's it's that... It's a style of piano that, you know, that... I'm really... I'm a sucker for piano music. So, like, it's... it's It uh, plays great on the piano. It's an excellent song. Uh, what do you have to say about the OST? And what song did you pick? Uh, I, you got to give it to Nobuo Uematsu. He is the genesis of video game OSTs. Like, uh, it's you are hard-pressed to listen to a soundtrack that he's produced and be like, okay, this was not good. Like, I cannot think of any song of his that is at least not listenable to. Like, you can have a, 
a song that a composer puts on, like a uh, like a soundtrack, and he's like, you listen to it, and you're like, okay, I've heard it, I don't need to hear, hear it ever again. All of his music, uh, you can hear it and be like, I can listen to that again. Even if you don't particularly enjoy it very much, you can appreciate it for how well he does what he does. Uh, and FF7 is littered with amazing music. You've got Electric to Chocobo, Fighting, Genova, The Gold Saucer, Still More Fighting, Crazy Motorcycle Chase, Hurry Faster, mm-hmm. Genova Absolute, The Birth of God. Like, I can go on. And those are not even like the... FF7, the best Chocobo theme, by the way. Just just going to throw that out there. Exactly. Like, I, I would pick that over Eris' theme. Like, I guess it's maybe it's just because it's, like I said earlier, the kind of music I like. Mm-hmm. But uh, is fucking the greatest. And like, He's got the best motorcycle chase song I've ever heard in my life. Like, yeah. I can listen to that song over and over again and just be like, fucking, no matter what I'm going to do, I'll be pumped. It's pretty bad when I'm driving and listening to it because then you get into that kind of like speed racer you, you mode. Gotta where speed, like, you got to speed. You want to whack shit to the left and the right very clumsily. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But yeah, no, I mean, but you, I mean, that's, 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 I mean, what can you say? That's the only fault I could find is that sometimes his music is bigger than what you're looking at. Like it's it's just he he is uh he's amazing he's great at what he does um and it, you know and to me like uh, so far in this sort of uh this group of songs I can really tell that like Nick's really into like these driving sort of themes like I'm all over the map but for some reason uh, Tifa's theme to me just I don't know there's so much in it, like I just love that 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 little piece um so much by and far um what what uh what track did you choose well i feel like i'm into the driving themes because as a person i'm very laid back mm-hmm. like uh, almost crippling lazy mm-hmm. and like you can speak from experience that oh, i God. am ever ever always not on time the worst like it's uh like i almost have just no motivation to get up and do anything. And I th- I feel like that's why I like driving music, uh, like forceful, energetic stuff that'll get you going. Because so- as soon as I listen to something like that and I like really enjoy it, I'm full of energy and I'm ready to go get, get up and do shit. And I feel like it's kind of such like a dichotomy of how I usually am. And then how I feel when I experience that kind of music this is the reason why I'm drawn to it. And that's probably why I steer I like I steer more towards uh, like some of the more relaxed tracks. I like I like a funky song, but that's still not the same driving intense music you like. I like something that's going to uh, sort of calm me out a bit, like mellow me out. Like that's that's you know I, I like it. Um, so so let's anyway. Play. I picked Genova. Oh yeah, yeah, that's good to your track. You picked Genova. Uh, of course you did. I think I think I've, I've uh, I knew that was. I think you've told yeah, me it's you, your favorite track on the, this before. Yeah, during the remix uh, episode we did, uh, that's the one I picked as well. Got the remix it. of that. Got it. So let's listen to Tifa's theme, followed by Genova.
no, we're not done yet. We each picked a surprise. Surprise. I wanted to pick a like a like an like a worthy mention, an honorable mention um, for some soundtracks outside of the top five. Uh, what soundtrack and track did you pick, Nick, and why? Um, the soundtrack is East Two. Believe it or not, um, the song I picked is Ice Ridge of Nultra. Now I'm not picking the original because it's it's great. But it's not really listenable, in my opinion, nowadays. Yeah, if you're looking for something to listen super to, super lo-fi, eight-bit. It's like thirty years old or some shit, yeah, right? Yeah, like it's terrible. Fucking old as balls. Maybe it's only well, yeah, mean, it's like twenty-five I mean, years old. That chipset music has its place, but when you can have what the creator really intended with like a full-on, you know, full-range sound, like then, a, a crestral arrangement. Yeah, then that's that's what you should go with, and I don't blame you. Uh, so the version I picked has been arranged by Ryo Yonamitsu, uh, but originally was composed by Mieko Ishikawa, Ishikawa Yuzo Koshiro, and Hideya Nagata. Uh, now, what Falcom does is they have a sound team, and they usually have the sound team work together to create the soundtracks for their games. So it's usually a big affair. It's not really just one person putting their... Uh, genius to work or whatever it's a group effort and it's very much uh improved for that i feel like the a lot of the new falcom stuff that they put out easily the best soundtracks i've listened to in a very long time um this one comes off of the anniversary collection uh remasters arrangement thing that came out uh, i think with east oath of salsetta uh i have the thing for that uh, it's the soundtrack that about the game, of course, uh, and this one just stands out to me as the one of the best of the of the songs on there. Now, like that saying, uh, it's the best out of like the thirty that are also great because there's like sixty four songs uh, that are the rest are kind of good. There's a couple that will kind of fall flat to me, but this is probably my favorite one from the, the soundtrack. Absolutely, and this um, this track in particular, like I. St- because I listened to it in the car on the way home because um, I didn't really remember it and that's fine but it's it's a great track and it sort of exemplifies this is sort of when like I listened to the track right before so I'm like Nick's picking a lot of really like sort of building ramp up type music and this is sort of really sort of characteristic of that it is uh, it does it's not as brooding uh, I'd say it's more in the air quotes uh, fun um, and adventurous but it is definitely a building uh a building song and it is it is uh it's definitely has a ramp up to it and it's definitely great and i hope you like violin as much as i do oh no yeah no it's 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 definitely it's definitely right on point with uh the string instruments so mine i chose i i could not make it through this without bringing up legend of mana and yoko shimomura all right it's great Everything in Legend of Mana's OST, it fits that fairy tale um, sort of uh, adventure book mold. Okay, and when I set out to pick a track from it specifically, I wanted something that exemplified that. Like now, there's there are some really like all the all the songs on the soundtrack are super colorful. Um, it, like even to the the, the darker uh, sort of dungeon themes 
overworld themes, um, town themes, like they're all super vibrant, super colorful. Like the, the, the themes are characters in their own right. And I picked Domino's theme, um, main city theme. It's, it's sort of, you get to it right away. You listen to it. It is, it is so characteristic of that, that fairy tale book sort of thing that you're looking for. Um, it's just flat out great. I love the soundtrack. I love the game. What else can I say? Um, did you have anything to add about uh, Legend of Mana's OST? Uh, well, I think the this particular song does the game itself a great service because it shows you the quality of the music that you'll be experiencing throughout the game, but it also helps you form the identity with the game as to the as to what you will be expecting. Because up until this point, you haven't really gotten to the whole like it's going to be a storybook mm-hmm. type thing. And then you get hit in the face with this, and you're like, "This is going to be a storybook." And it it is unrelenting in that in that way, um, and, and I just loved it so much. So I would have picked like Irwin on Reflection or something else, but you know, you have yeah, you, everybody has their own favorites. I wanted something more more uh, more playful for my choice, right? Because I knew we'd be coming off of uh, FF Seven and Tifa's theme. I wanted something more playful um, to me that was more uh, evocative of time spent in the game. Because the while the Irwin songs might be better, um, you spend more time in Domina, so you you get Domina's theme a lot, and it's just catchy enough to me that if you know when I think of the sounds I hear in the game, Domina's theme is just right up there. Um, with one of the tracks I enjoyed the most. So I'm not like deriding your decision or anything. No, it's just no. uh, personal preference, action, battle theme. I would have picked something. <laughs> I know, I know you would have. Uh, but that's, that's what, you know, we're great uh, counterbalance. So uh, let us play. What did you pick? The Ice Ridge of Nultia. Nultia, and followed by Domino's theme.
right, well, uh, that'll I think that'll do it for this show, Nick. I uh, really appreciate you coming. That was a fun show. We're going to have to do some more uh, soundtrack-based stuff in the future. Um, Definitely, I agree. It's always good. Uh, like I love how music has its own like kind of ephemeral quality to it, like, and it has unique meanings to everybody. Like the same mm-hmm. song, you cannot, you and I can both listen to the same song and then derive different feelings, different meanings, and everything from it, and then use it as a a conversation point. I feel like absolutely, absolutely. And this is something um, that we don't get to do a lot on our reviews, and maybe we should talk about trying to incorporate more on the review as far as um, specific tracks and how we think they they work um in the setting and how they make us feel um i know it's a bit harder in the review because we have so much we're trying to cover at one time um so you know it is a shame because usually we're like yeah the music is great music's great yeah i mean because that, that's it because because in the by the time we get to music we're already like well past an hour into the review and at that point like i think both of us are getting kind of on the edge of like all right all right, I'm getting tired of talking. Like I'm getting, I'm getting. We got to get through this, um, kind of thing. So uh, maybe. Well, we... Would you be opposed to uh, each of us picking two tracks or something, and then using those as the cutaways? Yeah, I think and then we um, could talk about it when we get to the music section. That I think that's definitely probably um, the best plan is to like you know each of us pick two tracks from the from the from the OST that uh, we enjoyed or thought were particularly bad. Like if there was one that we thought was, you know, exemplified why the soundtrack was bad, um, that's um, also something because there's not always going to be great songs to choose from. Sure. <laughs> Quest sixty four. Um, so I mean that's definitely worth. Um, but then you'd have to have two tracks for me ahead of time. Do you think you can do that? That's that would not be a problem. Liar. That most likely will not be. A problem. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. But yeah, no, um, got to do more of these. Uh, do you have anything to add about any of our choices today or anything we got moving forward um, before we wrap this up? Uh, I guess the only um, regret I have is that we couldn't put more songs on. Yeah, I mean, this is already going to be a long episode as it is. We can revisit this in the future. Um, you know, like, I, you know, I kind of want to keep developing these these types of shows that we can kind of rotate in and out of the in-between review shows like um so we don't end up with you know three or four and the you know are we just trying to come up with something on the fly like you know i want to be able to rotate in some some more trivia some music episodes some uh you know uh, some list shows some you know you know more specific type shows of course interviews and stuff if i can it's just this year has been like there. I set out this year when we were doing the show with so many goals in mind, and I haven't been able to reach any of them because I've been so stupid ass busy. Like, and it's starting to piss me off, like that I can't do the things for this that I want to do. So, um, I'm really got my my eyes set on on you know setting aside some more time for this stuff, and I really want to make it happen, make some cool stuff happen for each and everybody. Uh, one of you that's listening, we really appreciate that. So. Yes, much, many thanks. So, yeah, I think that'll, I think that'll do it. So, until next time, say goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody.